0: Welcome! Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I am your host, Mike Turner, and with me, as always, is Mason, our producer. How are you doing today, Mason? Uh, Doing just grand. It's a lovely, dreary day here, but excited to uh, talk a little, little sports. And also joining us from a remote location in St. Louis County is Sean Campbell. How's life treating you, Sean?
1: Well, it's going pretty well until you revealed my location. Now i got to find a new hideout. Why don't you go somewhere (laughs)
0: like in the northeastern U.S. or something like that? I understand the leaves will be changing. It'll be nice. Keep that in mind. You know, (laughs) uh, we could go... I do have family up in upstate New York. There you go. But we won't reveal where until you move from that location. Because we got to keep you on the down low. Especially when City starts, because you sporting KC fans just might be on the hunted list. We can't tell, can we?
1: Hey, hey, hey. I'm gonna root for could... both unless they're playing each other. <laughs> uh the I-70 derby is I... it's, I'm always gonna be in the blue. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sure you're not the only one. We do appreciate one reason why we've got Sean on here to give the sporting is there's probably a lot of folks out there that have been supporting sporting KC for a long time in the St. Louis area or environs. And uh We appreciate that they're going to stick with their team, but they'll still support City much like Sean. During the derby, Sean will be relocating to a bunker in a redacted location. That is correct. But no matter where he's at, he'll be able to follow St. Louis City SC because last week, since our last recording, they dropped their own app. And that's kind of exciting. There's a lot of, well, some information on there. It looks very nice. Uh, They got a picture... uh, Gallery of pictures from the uh, first home game of the uh, Academy Kids. And uh, in the background of one of them, you can see Sean and you can see uh, Mason holding an umbrella. But somewhere, me and my silly head are not visible. I got a feeling I was off buying beer for the crew because I was often doing that that day. It was a lot of fun. You can also keep up on top of stadium construction within the app. Uh, they've got a Soccer 101 section for you to, for those of you new to the sport. Uh, they have some interviews, uh, both textual and uh, video chats with some of the Academy coaches. They also have some of the Academy players' profiles on there. And there's a lot of information, and they keep adding to it, so I expect it to keep uh, growing as time goes. They've actually seemed to have put a lot of thought into this, as many things that they're doing so far. And uh, it's exciting to see and have a, to have a resource available on the app. You could go ahead and sign up. Get yourself a uh, your own jersey with your own number and name on the back. Various badges are available if you're into the badges thing. Uh, I have, somehow did not get my badge for being at that first Academy game, even though I checked in with the QR code and using the same email address. So, you know, Matt Sabeck, Caleb Leon, anybody out there listening, anything you can do for me there? But uh, it, it's neither here nor there. Those badges are nice, but they're not going to break me from being a supporter if I don't give what to do to me. <laughs> I must time. have my treats. Yeah. This this once. <laughs> once.
2: No, that's not true. But uh, yeah, on the jersey number, I opted for 69 because I'm a horrible little gremlin. Um, so wait, we're wearing the same jersey? I went jersey? for one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I and went that's for awkward.
0: one. Ozzie Smith. Oh, of course. Home That's town all I era. got to say. Also, very exciting news dropped today, uh, as a matter of fact, and we were studying this before we came on air. Uh, the St. Louis City has decided that on October 19th, with a little window there, everyone who put in their deposit for the supporter section, they're going to have the ability to start buying their season tickets. This is a very exciting development. And a way to make plans far in advance. They're going to be $391 per ticket for the first season. That covers 17 games, I believe. And uh, that comes out to about $23 per ticket in the supporters section, uh, which is quite a low price in MLS at this time, which isn't surprising. They've got a large section, and they want to make sure it's filled for all these games. Put it at a price point uh, where it starts, and if demand is high, they can always you know, raise it later. Of course, no fans want to hear it, but that's the way business works. And this is not a charity event, unfortunately. On that, uh, the, for uh, all the details, you could check out the St. Luligan's. This is silly podcast is today on a time to release. They had uh, Caleb Leone, who's the ticketing guru and supporter section for uh, for city for the club, and he was on giving a lot of information on this, a lot of detailed information. I did make some notes. Uh, You could still put down the deposit. Not everyone that deposited early will get in. Uh, As for somebody that put a deposit, say, in reserve seating, like me, uh, I did reach out to uh, Caleb, but I haven't got an answer back if that deposit could be moved or you need to change your deposit for a different section. Hopefully, I have more on that next week and find out. I imagine he's a little busy right now. At the moment, yeah, he's probably a little overwhelmed. Uh, I hope so. He's not ignoring me because we have met, <laughs> and uh, he just didn't like you. Well, he wouldn't be the first,
1: <laughs> and he won't be the last. Talk to
0: our listeners; they'll tell you <laughs> he won't be the last. That's for sure. Uh, this uh, deposit, the three ninety-one, does not include your fifty-dollar deposit. Now you'd make one deposit for multiple tickets, so you could stretch that out. If you want to, you're only going to get $50 off and it's going to be paid in installments. So at the time when the window opens in about a month, you'll be able to put down 20% and then installments would be paid. And that makes it a lot easier to live with as well, I believe for all of us.
2: Yeah. I mean like 400 bucks for season tickets is not tremendously expensive, but that's a lot of money to shell it at once. So being able to pay it in smaller chunks is I think really helpful as well.
0: And uh, it will be available to purchase online when the window is open, though the online will only allow you to do up to four tickets. Otherwise, uh, the club does have a email address. They'll go directly to uh, Caleb and that's supporters with an S at com. And I'm sure that'll be out there for everyone else. And that's where you would let them know if you want more tickets if you get drawn out of this, because... The first day, there was thirty thousand deposits made for the stadium that only is going to seat what 21, 22,000? Uh, over three thousand seats in the standing, safe standing only uh, supporters section. Uh, so I uh, imagine that demand's going to be pretty high there as well. But you never know who put down a deposit's just not going to pony up for the season tickets or, or that. So you could still get your deposit in and have a chance as it goes along. So that was exciting news. And like I said, and if you're not listening to the St. Luligan's This Is Silly podcast, I highly recommend it. It's a great way to keep on top of what's going on because being the official right now, the official supporter group for the team, uh, they get a lot of inside information ahead of everybody else. They've got a direct tie in with the club at this time that uh, unfortunately at this time we do not, but we get a lot of information there. And I, really encourage you to listen to that. And as we encourage you to listen to all of the uh, St. Louis city podcast, we're a supporters group. All of us, we all do something different and uh, we encourage you to do that. And everybody's doing good work right now. Any uh, information on how this stacks up against what might be happening at, uh, what is it still Children children's mercy park in Kansas city, Sean?
1: Yeah, it's still CMV. Um, I, I'm not sure how uh, season tickets in the cauldron would work, but uh, I know the way that, that you buy tickets in the cauldron, you have to pay a, a, a lump sum to start just to get a membership. And then every ticket, you can only buy two tickets at a time. Only members can buy tickets, and you have to be... Yeah, They're only like $20 a piece, though, because you paid that initial investment. But that first like, 50 fifty sixty $60 goes directly to the supporters. They use that for... Things like TIFOs, putting on events, creating their own merchandise. So it's not going to the club. It's going to the supporters. I like that. I think it's a good idea. We may see that in the future, but who knows? That's all up in the air.
0: Yeah, right now the St. Luligans, and we've been a few of their events, they haven't been charging anything. They do do a lot of raffles and other things to raise money. So, you know, essentially uh buying their merch and all this they're probably making more money than a 50 dollar annual investment already off of us so uh <laughs> and probably for a lot of the supporters we'll see if that changes but right now there's no cost to become a saint luligan just show up and make some noise basically
2: yeah i i mean as far as i'm aware i think that is still their official like joining requirements is one if you want to be a luligan say you are and two you have to show up and make noise um Yeah, I don't know. I could see them trying to move to something a little bit like that where they're maybe charging a little bit of something up front um, or maybe they do like a surcharge or something because I know they've been big on not trying to charge membership fees. So they might like, you know, upcharge season tickets or, you know, tickets in the supporters section or something like that so they can get a little bit back. But who knows? That's just speculation. Um, I don't think even they've really decided what they want to do yet.
0: No, perhaps not, but this isn't a brand new supporters group. They've been around for 11 years. They were supporting St. Louis FC in the USL for a long time and had a big presence in the USL as one of the bigger supporting groups. So, mm, yeah. They've figured out what they want to do at this time. And uh, I can vouch for it. Uh if you want to get in, you want to support, you haven't been there, just show up at what, you know, a game where they're there or any other meet and greets. I understand there may be one coming in October. Uh you can Check them out, St. Luligan's at Twitter. You can listen to their podcast. They'll tell you all about it. Uh, We encourage you very much to do so because we're very excited about this team starting. And if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you are as well. And that's about all I have on that. Any other uh, comments from the gallery here over the season tickets?
1: As far as season tickets goes, um, I I know I'll be making a deposit and hopefully getting a chance at some of the supporter tickets. Yes, that that's how much this team means to me. I will be supporting them. I do also pay to be a card-carrying member of the Cauldron, so this might cause problems. No, yeah, just don't, don't wear so. blue
2: in the supporter section,
0: and I don't think I think your head will stay <laughs> yeah, intact. Yeah, yeah, there's that. <laughs> uh, they did. They, they St. Lilligans do have a presence around USL. They still make trips. Uh, they did go to the Cauldron and took, I believe, it was Benjamin Hockman of. Uh, the post dispatch along with them on that trip uh, earlier this MLS season. So, you know, it's a friendly, all encompassing group that uh, understand that, uh, first of all, love the game of soccer, support whoever you have. Uh, so, yeah, we highly encourage you to join in that. Uh, also, right before uh, we started recording, which we're recording uh, late afternoon on Tuesday, as normally we do. Uh, there was an announcement uh, with MLS, uh, Liga MX, and all of CONCACAF about an expansion of the CONCACAF Champions League. There's going to become a league in Central America uh, for club teams. There's going to be a league in the Caribbean. Uh, they're going to give spots to at least two teams from the new Canadian Premier League. They're going to expand to, what is it, to up to 27 teams with five spots open to the final 16. The rest will be played through. Mm -hmm. MLS will actually, if they win all the competitions involved, have a chance to have as many as 15 or uh, 10 teams going to championship, to CONCACAF Champions League. And it looks very much like Liga Emekes and MLS. Between them, will split 15 of those spots alone. Between the two leagues, which is only right, they're the two big leagues uh, in, in the region. Uh, the biggest announcement is going to affect uh, Saint Louis City SC is the announcement that uh, the Leagues Cup. That, as a matter of fact, on Wednesday when this drops uh, that evening, Seattle will be playing uh, in the final. Uh, it'll be on ESPN two. I believe they're playing Lyon.
1: Yes, they are.
0: Sure. Yeah, I. Failed to put that in my notes. Go (laughs) figure. But uh, the Leagues Cup in 2023 will be expanded to include all MLS and all Liga MX teams. MLS will be taking a month off in the middle of the 2023 season so that all of the MLS clubs can uh, participate. Of course, there's more MLS clubs than Liga MX clubs, so there'll be some uh, intra-MLS games to start out when it begins. But this is very interesting because St. Louis City starts in 2023. They'll be involved in a League's Cup competition in their first season. It'll be exciting. Will they have the roster and the talent to actually compete? Eh, here or there, We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be exciting, especially if, say, they get a, a Liga MX team at home in their brand new stadium. We'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. I was
2: seeing mixed reactions to this, which is understandable. Um, I personally am in favor of it. I like having a kind of more domestic cup, uh, uh, cup like this. I think it's cool. I think it's good. Um, to be playing, you know, to be playing Liga Meccy's, uh, teams, and it's not all that surprising considering how we've talked about in the past how MLS and Liga Meccy's want to kind of get as close as they can to approaching a merger without actually merging. It seems like so. This is definitely a step in that direction. Um, but I it, I, I don't think club owners are going to be very happy. Uh, Sean, what do you think about this?
1: Honestly, I think it's a good thing, uh, regardless of how you look at it. Just because, especially from the city standpoint, getting them into other cups and other competitions outside of MLS is going to be very good for the team. Uh get these young guys to experience playing against teams from other countries real quick. Because um, as we've seen with some of the young guys with the national team, getting that interleague, interleague play is very important because if you don't have that experience, it's you're not going to succeed. So get it, get it done early. And uh, also brings in more revenue for the club. That's always good to see gives fans chances to see more games because there's a chance we get home games out of this somehow, some way. I don't know how they're doing advantage for that in the first match. But uh, I'm really excited to see it uh, just because I want as many games as possible now that there's a team that's going to be playing not a train ride away.
0: Yeah, and with all the discussion about the merger between Liga MX and MLS, it really not feasible for various reasons uh this is about as close as you're going to get now you're going to have all the teams competing for one cup and the winner of the league's cup will get one of those final five you know five positions that are set aside into the final 16 of the champions league mm-hmm.
2: yeah they get a buy and then the second and third place get automatic qualification into the first round
0: mm-hmm. uh, however how is mls going to carve out a month in the middle of the season. Uh are they going to go to like two games a week all the time? Yeah. Gonna to have to expand the rosters. You're gonna to have to increase cap space to sign deeper rosters on the teams, which is well overdue in MLS.
2: Yeah, this is another thing I was kinda uh touching on when I was talking about like, you know, club owners aren't, I don't imagine, gonna be exactly thrilled with this. Um, because it's either going to mean very strenuous uh, regular season play, uh, expanding rosters. And uh, (laughs) you know that club owners typically don't like to spend money on players when they don't have to. Um, Or it's going to mean a constriction of the playoffs, which I don't see the league doing because the playoffs are the real moneymaker, typically. But club owners won't like that one either, if that's what they do decide to do.
0: And you say all club owners won't like the the increase. of the cap. Uh, That's not true. I said most. Yeah. I would say probably a good half would really like to see it. There's especially a few vocal few that would like to see it done yesterday. Uh, there is some of the older owners that are making huge amounts of money off of just the increase in franchise fees and values of their franchises. They, you know, they've been invested for 20 years. They're just watching the cash cow grow and get fatter and fatter. They don't want to spend any money. But they're starting to run out. And as the League adds teams, there's probably going to be more and more owners that don't feel that way. So, and we'll see how this goes.
1: I actually have a pretty hot take on this, of how we can fix this. I I definitely agree. We need to increase the cap space. That needs to happen. That or add more DP spots. Or both. Preferably both. Um, But... Scheduling wise, we switch the schedule around so that it's in the middle of the off season and we run similar to the rest of the world. You start in the fall in like late summer into the fall, go through the winter and play into through the spring. I think that'd be I would like to see that personally.
2: A lot of people want to see that. And I just don't think it's feasible with the amount of clubs that play
1: up north they would be playing in like four feet of snow. You can't do that. Are you kidding me? That'd be great. Don't you remember that one time we played at Mile? The U.S. Men's National Team played at Mile High Stadium against Costa Rica. That was fun. That was a fun game. I want to see more of it.
0: Well, it wasn't so fun for Costa Rica. It almost started an international incident with them. They were not (laughs)
1: happy at all that that game was played.
0: But uh, it can be done. I look back to, was it 2013 or 2014 that winter? where you had uh at least probably the northern half of the u.s was under 10 degrees fahrenheit as a high every day for three weeks at least i remember it was two weeks before the start of baseball season and that starts in april and i believe it was at kaminsky park the groundskeeper said they still had three feet of permafrost on their field that they had to thaw out in two weeks they somehow got it done uh That is the weather's an issue. You can play it in the Southern, but uh, loading up on home games for, you know, certain teams could be a problem because then uh, at different times of the year, they're going to be playing a lot of away games as well. And that doesn't work out so well in MLS. And there is one other issue to consideration because I would be in favor of going on a world calendar, but there's issues here. Uh, first of all, the MLS would be going up against NFL games. Yeah, I was about to bring that up, and I don't think anyone would ever go for that. That is well, kind of rating suicide. Yeah, that would. Really where they started this summer. It's also going to harm their negotiations for a TV package. Uh, TV package. But the other one is MLS, because they don't have a exciting TV package or a lucrative one, uh, they're driven very much by ticket revenue. If they get away from summer times when the kids are out of uh, out of season, the owners may or may not be impacted, but they're probably going to think about that a lot and not want to give up that kind of revenue. So there's issues and they need to be addressed. But I don't think it's going to happen in time for 2023. Uh, They do share ticket revenue. So I could see extending the season earlier into February or so and uh, loading up the schedule to play in warmer areas and uh, during the uh, shoulder seasons where it's colder and then playing more in the middle and and setting up more ticket revenue because the Southern teams might lose that summertime uh, gate that uh, keeps them afloat. However, on a quality issue, if places in Florida and Texas got away from playing in the summer heat, less games, it could improve the quality of play for those teams because You can see it right now. Teams like Orlando are out of gas as they're getting down to the end of the season. And it has happened the last couple of years as they've become more competitive. You can see it visibly on the field and in the results. Interesting. This is all very interesting. And let's not, let's add this to the conversation as well. MLS is getting ready to redo their contracts with the TV networks and I assume, I don't know if the Leagues Cup is going to be in that contract or not. Sometimes that's actually done separately. But that would if that's added in, that's more value. Plus, MLS ratings are up 20% this year, just as they get ready to negotiate that. That could change things in the cap space quite a bit. Uh, we'll have to see.
1: Well, I mean, honestly, if you put a more exciting product on the field, um, as much as I hate calling teams and players product, but that's... That's how the TV networks see them. You put a more exciting thing on the field, more exciting group of players, you're going to get more people watching. You're going to get more people in the stands. And that's more money for the team that they can then spend to get more exciting players to bring more people. So the raisins in the, the raisin ratings just says yes.
0: Mm-hmm. They've really got to figure it out in the boardroom at MLS because there are certain owners that don't want to do that. And it's becoming a real issue. Uh You know, any talk of expanding the cap or anything like that has not even been addressed that MLS is even looking into it. They say it's going to keep going the way it is. They really are going to need to change that going forward, especially as they add all these games. It's just something that has to be addressed for the league going forward. No word on uh, the ownership of St. Louis City SC and how they feel about all this they're probably just happy to get in the game right now and they'll just adjust as they go. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect them
2: to really know a lot cuz it just came down. Um they might have, you know, gotten a little bit of advance warning, but I don't think much. And I mean, like, you know, they're still in the process of putting their rosters together. Um so if like, you know, if roster space increases before they take the field, uh but after they started putting one together, that could be an interesting vice to put them in. Yes,
1: for sure. I don't see it as a vice so much as it gives them more options. Yes, I can see you've got a team you're already, that's already partially put together, and now you're just trying to. Now that you have more money, oh, but that doesn't that doesn't fit with our with our plan anymore. Well, if if you're the way I think of it. If you're putting a team together, you're going to look at several options for each position. One may be a little bit more expensive. You find the more expensive one for each position. You find a more middle of the table contract and then, you know, someone that if we have to cut corners, we can do it at this position or, or, you know, whatever. You're looking at a wide range of players. And if you have more money, you could say, oh, well, we can go out and get this guy that we were looking at. But. Didn't really think we could get. It's it's kind of like uh, the I guess the the easiest analogy I could make is when you're applying to college, you have a they always say go for go apply to a reach school, you know, make a reach and getting more cap space in the middle was like oh well now we can go get this guy because you're not just scouting players just to scout players just based off contract. You're only looking at people that are going to fit your system anyway. So I don't think it's going to be as much as much of an issue Uh, if if they get the team half put together and then get more money to do it.
0: And uh, another thing it's MLS as a whole is doing pretty well on attacking talent. Uh, But where increased cap space would really help, especially with this expanded leagues cup, you got us open cup uh, you've got CCL. It'll help them to bolster up, you know uh, the bench. And alternative players, say, in midfield or especially on the defensive end where they don't spend money, and that's really for the quality of the game, is a detriment to MLS. Uh, There are teams that have spent money on attacking players, but they haven't hit. But most of the money that's allowed under the current structure of MLS does go to attacking players in that but the depth of the bench, and that's what's really killing them in CCL, and say in League's Cup against uh, uh, the Liga MX teams, is that when it gets late in the game and they're still in it, then the Liga MX team bring the you know the hand that was tied behind their back and bring some of their better players they're resting or better players than certainly the bench of MLS has, and throw them on the field, and then the quality just shows shows through. There's a few teams that have the kind of depth to compete, but hardly any in MLS, really.
1: Oh, yeah, you you definitely see it in uh, Exhibit A. Look at what happened in the f- first round of the League's Cup this year. Sporting KC versus Leon, and <laughs> I swore I was never going to talk about this game again. But we lost 6-1 to one because... Peter Vermees saw this and said, you know what, we're pushing for top spot right now. I can't sacrifice a late season. I can't, you know, afford to have a late season collapse just for this one cup that we don't really know if if it really means much. So he put in a lot of younger guys. He put in a lot of reserve guys and we got destroyed. If we had more money to get better depth guys, better depth players. We might have actually held our own. I'm not, I'm not sure how it would have played out, but we could see a very, very different final if we actually have depth.
0: Yeah, and I, I got a feeling that that game really showed up something with the Leagues Cup because both leagues really want this to take off because it's unique in the world football. football. Uh, having all the teams break and play all the teams from both leagues against each other in a cup, that's unheard of. It'll raise I know Liga MX really wants to raise the profile of them on a world stage because they got a really lucrative and good league that should be, you know, better thought of in Europe and other places around the world. MLS has worldwide notoriety just because of their sheer audacity and some of the ridiculous things they said about how big they're going to be, but that got attention. Uh staging all these games between the two leagues will bring attention in the middle of the summer uh where a lot of teams are off schedule. You know, if they get worldwide distribution rights, there could be eyes on this. Now, how is this going to work against competition like the Gold Cup every two years? You know, you're going to need deeper rosters because there's international games that go on during the middle of the summer as well. And a lot of these teams competing in the Leeds Cup are probably going to lose some of their best players, not just the U.S. national team, but MLS has got players all over the Western Hemisphere that play on their national teams as well. So that's something that hasn't really been thought of, and quite frankly, I hadn't thought of that until this moment. Yeah, there's a lot of concerns with all these different international cups that are
2: coming around now, but um, I mean, I as a fan, I'm in favor of it because I think the idea is really intriguing. I liked watching the leeds Cup this year, um, even though some of the MLS teams didn't really bring their best sporting. Um, (laughs) But uh, uh, I'm really intrigued by the idea, and it seems like they're trying to take it more seriously, the leagues are at least. Um, So I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I will say I'm a little worried about how the clubs are going to handle
0: it, though. Yeah, there's a lot of questions, but uh, as a fan, I am excited about it. I got a feeling Liga MX is really excited about it. There's some rumors that all the games will be played in the U.S. and Canada. That is probably something Liga MX wants. They want to get their teams into the U.S. where they have a tremendous amount of fans. And they want to play in front of them. Because they think there's even room for growth more in the U.S. with the fan base. And they know that MLS does an exceptional job of putting on big events like this and adding to the spectacle of it all. And they want to ride that wave as well, but I think uh, am I am I correct in saying that all three of us are in favor of this expansion? I think so. Yes, very good. We'll know more as it goes forward. Right now, there's a lot of questions. We'll follow up on those. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for you all, listeners, and us as well. And when we come back, we're going to do a little recap of what happened in MLS this week. See you on the other side. <laughs> And we're back from break and it's time for us to do our MLS roundup because, well, St. Louis City is going to be an MLS. We should know who we're going to be playing. And to kick it all off, we're going to have our weekly Sporting KC moment with Sean Campbell. What do you got for us this week, Sean?
1: Oh, boy, do I have a doozy for y'all this week because midweek game played after we dropped our podcast on Wednesday. Sporting KC, playing at Children's Mercy Park. They were playing Minnesota United in what people call the nicest rivalry in sports. Or, sorry, the most (laughs) polite rivalry in sports. I don't care. It's not a rivalry. There's no rivalry here. It's being forced for marketing. Anyway, we got to talk about the real important part of this. Because the scoreline? Oh, that scoreline. 4 nothing sporting, and you love to see it. You love to see it. Well, I do. I don't know about y'all. But when it and- comes down to it,
2: <laughs> we didn't have
1: Alan Pulido this week, which is fine. It's fine. We've got plenty of other scoring talent. We've got Daniel Shallow, who's pushing for a golden boot. We've got Johnny Russell. Johnny Russell's killing it. Um, Kyrie Shelton is more than a capable backup at that number nine spot. And all three of them scored. Because, oh, I just love watching it. Um, Fun fact, we did also have someone score their first ever MLS goal. Cam Duke coming off the bench. Well, no, he started that game, actually. But still, he got his first MLS goal in the second half. And Sporting just absolutely manhandled these these loons. They deserve that title this week. Loons. But rolling into the MLS wrap-up, they did bounce back. And they had a little bit of a thrashing of their own. And they the loons beat the is. galaxy. Yes, the loons bounced back and beat the galaxy 3 0. So that was I'm okay with that, honestly. But it was it's good to see that teams can bounce back like that.
0: Well, they got they got some players back, especially Robert Lode uh for Minnesota. Bebe Reynoso was on fire in that one. They're getting him to shoot. Um you, you say there's no rivalry. There might be. Sporting might have to play Minnesota in the playoffs and it probably won't be easy then though. Right now I take sporting over them. And because of what happened in Utah, sporting is now leading the Western conference. Do I have that right?
1: Yes, mm-hmm. we are ahead by one point. They have a game in hand, but that doesn't matter right now. What matters is the fact that Ralph Salt Lake, who I argue we have a, more more of a rivalry with took down the sounders one nil and i love seeing it because i love watching sounders fall unless of course they're you know smacking around the timbers because that was a great game um but yes rsl beat seattle one nil i didn't get to watch the game but i think you love to see the sounders fall
0: uh the sounders create chances but they're not scoring and uh Have to say something. Pablo Mastroianni is the interim coach after. And of course, this game was in Utah. So it was the first time that Freddie Juarez came back to Rio Tinto Stadium. And he set up in the bench uh, up in the booth for the first half because they didn't want to see their RSL's former head coach who quit to take the assistant job with the Sounders on the field for the first half. That was exciting. Uh, But Pablo Mastroianni, he's got all of a sudden Real Salt Lake playing very good football. They were very good in this game. Uh, And with Krylak and uh, a rejuvenated uh, Albert Rusnak in midfield, they got one of the best midfield duos in all the league. They're still up behind the playoff line and it might be tough, but uh, Real Salt Lake is all of a sudden coming on late. Something to keep an eye on.
1: Oh yeah. Getting hot at the right time, getting hot right about now is when you really want to start getting hot. And uh Rails out Lake with this with this weekend after they beat Sounders, they are now in sixth place in a playoff spot. There you go. So that's good to see.
0: Re- were they replacing LAFC?
1: Uh yeah, LAFC dropped down to eighth. They are one point out of a playoff spot. Playoff spots points races that's going to be real important for the next couple of weeks because we're going to we're, we're getting into real tough times it's real tight races across the board we've got uh i believe 7 points which sounds like a lot but that's really only a win and a, a win, win for you two wins you can do it but when it separates the 3rd place and 10th place teams in the east that that's a lot of teams pushing for spots and That's going to be a fun race to watch for sure.
0: Most of the Eastern Conference is on the playoff bubble. They're all bubble teams at this point, except maybe the Fire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Fire. Well, the Fire are doing better than Cincy, and they're 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 not much of a
2: compliment.
1: (laughs) The bottom three teams in both conferences right now are pretty much, they're looking towards next season. Exhibit A, FC Dallas. Firing their head coach. This is not trying to get someone new to get get a playoff push in. This is we're looking at next season. They're they're not even a thought right now.
0: That's Yeah, I got some thoughts on that too. Um Luchi Gonzalez came up through the Academy, and they have some people say may have the best academy in the Western Hemisphere. Certainly were well, very successful in selling on their players. But they they don't buy internationals to bring on their team, like Ricardo Pepe starting and scoring because they had to bench Francisco Yara that they spent a lot of money on and should have been better. Uh they also sold, guys ah, name escapes me, a uh, midfielder, the best defensive midfielder. They sold him two weeks before the season starts. Uh they don't really didn't really give Luchi Gonzalez a lot to work with, but they're very tied into their academy. Now you're getting rid of the rid of the guy that helped the kids and brought them along hmm could wonder what's going on there though I will say that Luchi Gonzalez hadn't really improved the play of his team the same problems they've had just not being any good in the final third of the field right in front of the opponent's goal that never got cleared up and defensive mistakes so there may be something there they weren't improving but they really didn't give him a good hand to play with either
1: yeah. And I mean, you can have a great academy and be great at bringing players up and selling them on. But at some point, you got to keep some of that talent for yourself. Otherwise, what's the point of having a team? Just just go back to being an academy. I, I mean, you end up in here. all reality, if you're not keeping any of your homegrown product, homegrown talent, putting it on the field and making the team worth wanting to come to the academy for outside of just, oh, I can move on to somewhere else and make more money to ride the bench, then Play here? Why would I want to play here? This team's not any good. I mean, that that that's something that I hate to see is when it's the academy's important. Don't get me wrong, but if you're not putting any of those t- players on your on your on your field on your pitch, it's it, it begs the question.
0: And that brings up something for St. Louis City. They're focusing on the academy. Want to bring those kids up? Want to sell them? Uh, it's tough to do that. And still be a very successful team. It's either one or the other. And right now in MLS, without a lot of outside revenue coming into these teams, uh, it really comes down to one or the other. Academies cost a lot of money. It's Hard to do. This
2: was something that I was thinking about when we were talking about expanded rosters and stuff like that with the Leagues Cup. um, In particular with St. Louis. Do you think that if they happen to like you know if if those rosters get expanded that cap gets expanded as they're putting their roster together we're going to see more of those kids get their shot
0: at first team out of the academy? That's difficult to say. It really comes down how the kids are playing, if they're prepared. Uh the academy played this week. The U17s uh, lost again in a close game, the U16s won. The results don't matter much at the academy level. Uh, But it really comes down to, you know, it only takes two or three players to make it to make Academy worthwhile. Uh, But how long do you keep them and play them? Uh, Let's go back to uh, FC Dallas. Uh, They developed Reggie Cannon. Sold him. Brian Reynolds comes up, you know, full of talent and all this stuff. He takes off in a half a season. He gets sold to AS Roma. So all of a sudden now you're down to right backs. Now you're counting on your academy to supply somebody of the same level to play on that team. Doesn't really happen that way. You've got to have a balance. Kansas, Sporting Kansas City has developed a lot of their players. Uh, Jalu Gabusio and uh, uh, Saloy. Uh, Saloy being a couple of examples of what they can do.
1: But the thing is, we but have that can't. balance.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. A balance. FC Dallas tied themselves to the academy. They had the academy coach. They kept selling everybody off and not leaving with the team. And then when they don't win, they made the playoffs last year. Uh, This year, it looks like they're not going to make it. Uh, But at what level do you stop? And if you get rid of the academy guy that's playing the kids, are they going to stop promoting on the academy? Are they going to stop being able to attract parents and young kids that want that trust that stick around? It's an interesting question. It does have implications for City with their plans to be very heavily in their academy. It's something to look at.
1: Right. Definitely something that we need to keep an eye on as as the team develops and we get, get closer and closer to actually putting players on the field. Um, but I do have one more thing I want to make sure I hit on for when it comes to MLS, kind of getting back to point here. Um, did anyone, happen, anyone else happen to see what went on with Philadelphia when they were playing Orlando this weekend. I did know it was crazy, but I wasn't watching that
0: particular game. What? Fill us in, Sean, fill us in.
1: I didn't watch the whole game, but I did get to see the key moments. And, uh, there was a bit, there was, I think three just controversially missed calls. Um, well, you could see them either way. There was a missed red card in the, in the, Early goings of the game. Well, maybe not early, but uh there was a handball in the box. Or no, it wasn't the handball in the box. It was um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Philly player, it's on a set piece, he's running around the box, defenders covering him, and he just full on elbows and right in the face. Ref goes play on because Orlando gets the ball, they're clearing out. They make a bad pass, gets taken you know, gets cut out. Philly ends up scoring almost immediately and everybody's mad about that because that's a that's a red card right there. You can't just elbow people in the face. I don't care what ta- what what you're doing there. You can't do that. Um then there was the uh questionable was this dog so was it not dog so for the casual fans that means denial of obvious goal scoring opportunity. DOGSO. Dogso. Um <clears throat> Goalie come Philly's coming down the wing. He's in all alone. He's beating the defenders. Goalie comes out as a last ditch effort and slides and just takes the guy out. Not even trying to play for the ball. The reason they didn't call it is because the first touch was quote unquote away from goal. But there's nobody between him and the goal now. Clearly a goal scoring opportunity, right? Well, they didn't see it that way. But then there was a bit of a weak call penalty. Yeah, sure. Red card. No, not really, and its guy gets taken out of the box, okay, okay, yeah, penalty, but it was weak. It was not warranting of a red card. Did you guys happen to have any thoughts on that one, or any of the three really?
0: No, uh, what happened with the red card on the penalty? Was that a denial of goal scoring opportunity?
1: That's what they called it. They called it dogzo, yeah. And I mean, I could see it if the guy legitimately took the player out. There was some Jocelyn. He got pulled down from behind, sort of, in air quotes. But again, I don't see that being a red card. It was real weak. It was strong enough to get a penalty, of course. I totally agree with that. But not every penalty is dog so. Not every penalty is a red card.
0: No, as a matter of fact, unless it's a de- denial of uh, obvious goal-scoring opportunity under the laws, the FIFA laws, uh, should not get a red card and a penalty. They got rid of the double jeopardy. But this did happen in the EPL in the great game between Chelsea and Liverpool at the end of the first half. Um, I believe it was Reese James was on the line, and they took a shot and it hit him and bounced out. He was, did a goal-line save, but then on replay you could see that he ev- he moved his arm out and made it bigger. So he got the red card, they were down a man. Kind of ruined the match. It still ended up being a draw. But uh, that's difficult. And MLS officials used to be just horrible. They've gotten a lot better, but there's so many inconsistencies in the way that the game's played. But if anybody's out there following the uh, English Premier League, they'll tell you right now, man, they decided to let the game play on, and people are getting just beat up on those games and they seem to have really lost their way in the Premier League. They never figured out VAR. They tried to change how it would call the game. Now they got the officials confused. They, they've they got mess on their hands right now on the EPL and they need to figure it out fast. MLS, Howard Webb coming over and heading pro has improved MLS officiating pretty well. But as always with officials, it takes work, it takes games and you need experience and you're not going to get the best, best in MLS, because if you do, generally officials don't go internationally. They stay in their home countries, but you just got to, you just got to keep adding them. Of course, if MLS keeps us expanding up to 60 teams, we're going to have a whole great pool of officials in this country. Teams.
1: God. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that, but. I will agree that uh, there's always room for improvement and criticism when it comes to officials, regardless of league, regardless of sport. Everyone's going to be critical of the officials because everyone thinks that they're better than them. When in reality, in the moment, you don't know what you'd call. Let's be real. We can sit here in our armchairs and say that all we want, but, you know. With
0: camera angles, too, and not shielded by other players and not having the, and having the benefit of uh, instant replay. It's, it's, it's a difficult job.
2: Yeah, I do just want to say though that like I mean like not to not to get us off into talking about baseball in our MLS segment, but um man, when you call a when you call a ball that's a foot off the plate a strike, man, come on, I could have made that one and I've never I've never umped a game in my life. I now I don't think I would have missed that one.
0: Yeah. It happens. It happens. It don't take away the humanity of the game. Bad calls are part of every game. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 agree, but it
2: doesn't mean you can't be like, "Hey, what are you? Come on, Z, like, you know, sir, sir,
1: what are you doing, sir?" I respectfully disagree. That's just sir. as much as
2: <laughs> that's just as
0: much a part of the game as the bad oh, calls, absolutely. But as an analysis a week after the fact, it's time to take a little harder look at what actually was happening. But I didn't see that game, so I don't have any real comments about it. All right. How about how about LaFC? They what's happening there? They
1: struggling. They're on the struggle bus.
0: And it's not so much they're struggling overall. Of course, they're defensively lax. They've been that way since Nashville, uh, you know, MLS Monopoly money whipped them to get uh, Walker Zimmerman away. They're creating a ton of chances. They're creating a lot of chances. Nobody can seem to put the ball in the back of the net, and it's killing them. I can't see him getting rid of uh, Bob Bradley, but he's got to be feeling a little heat on that seat right now because this team is way underperforming. And only a week after Brian Rodriguez finally had a game where he showed his true worth, then he didn't show up. However, when you talk about star players showing up, what's going on with Atlanta United?
1: Oh, they're putting it all together. Two months
0: ago. Oh, man, the, they were they were near the very bottom of the Eastern Conference. Gabriel Heinz had lost the team. They get the interim. They hire Gonzalo Pineda away from Seattle, which led to Freddy Juarez quitting at RSL. It's also sorted. Uh, but now all of a sudden they've got Ezekiel Barco for the first time in his MLS career, really being a monster out there. Uh, Arajo, that they just picked up in the summer window, he's one of now already one of the most exciting players in MLS. Add that to Marcelino Moreno, uh, Joseph Martinez back, and they're off and running, and they're devastating. I believe they have uh, won or drew in all of their last nine games. To suddenly starting to challenge, and a long shot, but it being a shouting difference of uh, Nashville for a buy. And uh, they were out of the race to where everybody thought they couldn't even make the playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, they're a real mover and shaker in the Eastern Conference, and they're a monster right now.
2: Yeah, that'd be an incredible storm back for them if they could manage to get a bye after
1: being so low on the table. Um, It's actually, they've won their last three. They lost to Nashville. But then they won the previous four before that and drew the game before that. So they're, they're getting it hot they are coming on strong at again exactly the right time getting into that clutch time and you're right they're only 7 points back of second place right now and that's sorry 5 points back of second place right now i did my math wrong so 5
2: points back with a re- with a last six record of 4-1 one and 1 Whew.
1: yeah no 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 it's it's the last six would be 5 and 1 50 oh and 1 Oh, that's even better. <laughs> yes, if you go back, the what was it? Nine games. It'd be it was what? six
0: one and one in the yeah. last eight. Yeah, that's nineteen points out of a possible twenty four. Yeah, that's an incredible points per game. Ooh, that'll yeah. that'll haul you up the table in a hurry if you keep that up. You, who who honestly who would have thought that
2: where that team was a couple of months ago they would be this close to striking distance of second place?
0: Uh, they got rid of bad coach.
2: <laughs> yeah, it really has been. It really has been coach musical chairs. You, you know season, what this reminds like, me but...
1: of, and anyone else remember a team a couple years ago that uh, they were like, I think they were last in the league in the middle of the season. They changed their coach, and all of a sudden they they kind of went all the way. And um, <sighs> you know, I think they had that this one song that they would play after the game.
0: Mm. no that Am doesn't comparing Atlanta, I don't think United to Blues?
1: yes should I no
0: <laughs> oh I thought you were talking about uh Atlanta's head coach Gonzalo Pineda perhaps being an assistant coach on the Sounders when they changed their coach brought in Nicolas Ladero and went from out of the playoff picture to winning an MLS cup that year
1: oh well, that too you see it, it's happened before and I could see it happening again I would not be surprised if you see it being Sporting in Atlanta in the, in the final. I'm not saying that's what I'm calling. Don't, don't It's too early for predictions, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happens.
0: And uh, speaking of Seattle, and unless we got anything else wrapping up our MLS roundup, I'd be remiss, we mentioned it earlier, the League's Cup final is Wednesday night. Be the same night as when this recording drops. Uh, Seattle against León. I believe that's played in Las Vegas. It'll be on 8 p.m. Central time on ESPN2. And if you didn't catch a week ago, uh, Seattle playing Santos Lagunas, uh, Raul Ridias at the death, what was it, 95th minute, gets on a breakaway, beats everybody, gets a shot on the keeper, keeps running when it's spilled, scores the goal, on like the last kick of the game. Yeah. And that was after earlier
2: completely completely bombing trying to do a rainbow all
0: by himself yeah he he got the he was in the attacking third you know he's feeling it he picked up the ball with both heels and then tried to flick it on a back kick up over his head and almost got there it hit his shoulder (laughs) Yeah, He he was trying to get that over two defenders like man, you're crazy. This, <laughs> He's shooting everything right now.
1: That sounds like something you'd expect to see at like a Scott Gallery game when they're up ten to nothing, and the kids just like, "Hey, why not? <laughs> Show the coach I can still do I, that. I can't just, I can't do. It I can was do an very practice. much like that. <laughs> yeah,
2: this is so funny too because I wasn't watching that game because I'd forgotten it was on, but I was playing FIFA, and literally like 20 minutes before that happened i was practicing how to do back heel rainbows in fifa <laughs> and then i and then i see that highlight come up when i'm checking my phone and i'm like
0: no way no way
1: <laughs> good thing we're not recording video i almost just did a spit take
0: <laughs> you got anything else on mls for this week anything um, else for the show for this week
1: mls not really um Guys, let me know. I mean, fans listening out there, let me know if I missed anything. Um, tweet at the show and on, you know, add us on Twitter and they'll tell me and I'll go take a look at it because um, I refuse. Like I said, kids, don't go on soccer Twitter. Be like me. <laughs> um, I just want to... Mention...
0: Soccer <laughs> Twitter's fine. It's U.S. men's national team Twitter that it's, you try to stay fine. away from.
1: Don't listen to him.
0: <laughs> well, speaking <laughs> yeah. of men's national
1: team... <laughs> Speaking of the Yanks, I've got a couple of just quick updates just as we're getting closer into that next window. Kind of start thinking about some things. Uh, real quick, Giacchini and Busio have both made their place, made their case for being on their squad. Busio's been started, I think, the last two games for Venezia. Finally gets his first assist on an absolutely beautifully, beautifully weighted set piece. Puts it right in, and his teammate, Setceroni think that's how you pronounce it i could be wrong i don't speak italian uh, literally just just hops into the air like maybe six inches just barely off the ground just puts his head head up there the ball hits right off his forehead and goes right in the goal didn't even have to move beautiful very and uh Giacchini also put in a wonderful ball and he got his first assist for the team uh he's playing for troy yes Troyes? Who? The French team. The French team. Oh, toi? Yeah. Giacchini.
0: Yeah. Oh. He... Well, now you raise questions in my brain. I, I'm not sure.
1: I believe it's Troy, or is or Twa, however you pronounce it. He's in the French league. He puts in another a good ball, gets assists as well. It's French. Who cares? Exactly. Um, little bit of an injury update. Uh, Tim Weah. He's back on the pitch. Dest, back on the pitch. Made a good performance. Pulisic's out with an ankle injury. Reyna's out with a hamstring injury. Don't expect either of them in this upcoming window. At least I don't. Um, And then Vines is also now out with a broken collarbone. And with the recovery time of six to eight weeks, I don't think we see him for either this window or the November window. And things might get a little spicy with the... uh, with, with the roster for these for these upcoming windows.
0: And this just in, uh, Nicholas Giacchini plays for Montpellier, not Twaul, ah. and he's still on loan from Cannes in uh, the second division.
2: It's still French. Who cares? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we'll also, before we end this show, if we're talking men's national team, uh, we'll know more about this in the weeks leading forward. Panama is on the red list for England meaning that any, uh, any players that play in England that play in Panama for the national team uh, in the second World Cup window would then have to face a quarantine to come back into England. That affects, of course, uh, Pulisic, Sargent, Tim Ream, and Anthony Robinson. Possibility of three starters that probably will not be going to Panama for that away game in the next window.
2: That would also possibly affect um, Ethan Horvath if he was considered for a call up as well.
0: That is correct. Though we were talking about Atlanta United uh, and earlier player kids, that goalkeeper for Atlanta, Brad Guzan, he's been on fire. Who would have known at the tender age of what, 37? Why don't we call him uh, up to the national team? <laughs> yeah, yeah might... give him a shot. <laughs> you know what? He's earned it. And they might be able to use his presence in the for a third goalkeeper. Don't be surprised.
1: I'd With rather the have a Panama. Back
0: there. And and uh Horvath is not getting playing time at Nottingham Forest. And in the last game he wasn't particularly good. Uh the guy in front of him's not particularly good either. And Horvath is having struggles to get on the field. So we'll see how that plays out. Anything else, folks? That is all from me, I believe. I
1: got nothing else.
0: We're going to wrap this up. I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm your producer, Mason.
1: And I'm your resident hooligan, Sean Campbell.
0: And we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your podcaster by choice. It really helps the show. Uh, On Twitter, as Sean mentioned earlier, we're at Soccer Capital. You can also reach us at uh, SoccerCapital at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, lovely listeners. We'll be back next week with more of this frivolity. Uh, Till then, bye for now.